0: Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Ebbett on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Yeah, good morning, Lieutenant Governor. How are you? I'm doing good.
1: I'm doing good. So you're keeping everybody entertained? Uh, I sure everybody gets out the news all there by yourself?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm keeping them entertained, but I'm here doing my job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are very entertaining, my friend.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Very entertaining. Thank you. We, You and I should put our little band back together, and you come in and visit me one day when Liz goes on vacation again. That'd be great.
1: That'll be a lot of fun. If I was down there, I'd be in the studio with you. We had a great
0: time. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Hey, real quick, right out of the gate, uh, we'll get to some of the things that are on your mind, but I wanted to mention this because we got a lot of traction on this from the Showtime Autoglass text line and a lot of the local news uh, agencies here, uh, stations were picking up on it. And I think this is a good thing. I really do. Governor Henry McMaster had a press conference. I know that you were unable to attend, unveiling an online dashboard that tracks school spending. And this is huge. And you had the, uh, I can't remember her name. Help me out. What's her name again? Ellen Weaver. This, thank you. Oh, just escaped <laughs> my memory for a moment. She was also Word there. Team. Yeah, there, exactly. Talking about how important it is to track and find out exactly where our dollars are going and how it's being applied. And, and I know you're going to get briefings on this. And I know you are involved in the uh, initial beginnings of this. But again, this really, in essence, is all very good news because transparency is awesome.
1: It really is you know that's something the Governor and I've been talking about since we've been in office, transparency, whether it becomes in spending, you know state spending, dollars that go into the budget. the Governor always very focused um, you know he, he he tells the General Assembly all the time, the quickest way to get him to veto an a line item on the budget is to not know what it's for, and so this goes right along with that same line of thinking. Parents ask all the time, we have all these tax dollars going to school, you have state monies going to school, and, and where's it going? Why are our kids not learning? You know, what initiatives are we spending money on that we don't need to be? And, and sometimes it could be very innocent, you know, just like in our own home, you know, you, you buy Hulu and you buy all these different things so you can watch and then you forget that it's automatically still debiting your card. So these kind of exercises are really good for business. It's really good for government. Um, and I think parents should be happy. And again, we did this with the with the gas tax on the roads. And And I know people hate the roads, Nick, and, and we probably don't want to get into a big debate on the roads. But the governor didn't want the gas tax. He vetoed the gas tax. His veto was overridden because he felt that there were probably dollars in other places that could go to it. But when he got overwritten, what he did say is he wanted full transparency. And so just like we did with the DOT, if you go out to the DOT, there is a dashboard on every penny that was collected through the gas tax and how it has been spent. And you can go by county and look at roads that are getting worked on, roads that have been done, and roads that are about to be done, and this is all in order of priority. So that way he gave the taxpayers of South Carolina a, a a feeling that if they had to pay more in this gas tax, that at least they could see where it was going. So this it goes all the same way I hope the word gets out. So when parents get frustrated and homeowners get frustrated, uh, they can go out and get an idea of where our money is going.
0: Yeah, and that's right. And then they can affect change at the ballot box, assuming that those are still legit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I get, you know, echoes of 2020 in my head all the time. But anyway, seriously, though, they can take a look at it and they say, listen, I'm not agreeing with the direction that this is going. So I'm going to write my state rep. I'm going to write the governor's office and, you know, somehow, some way feel that they can make a difference because now they know they have the ammunition. They have the information. Information is power. Knowledge is power.
1: You know, what? you're absolutely right. I think the the thing that frustrated me most before I got into government was when I would hear elected officials say, this is just so complicated. It's too hard to explain. Because, first of all, then they're making you believe that you're not smart enough to get it, right? Or there's something in there they don't get, and so they don't want to talk about it. Um, Or they just don't want you to know. And and every time you know we we hear it, you hear it every day, don't you, Nick? On the text line, when when callers call in, they're frustrated with government. You know they're throw everybody's throwing their hands up in the air. I believe it's the reason we have low turnout at the ballot box is because people just get tired and exhausted with the process um, because they don't feel like there's transparency. And so everything that the governor has done, everything that our administration believes in revolves around transparency. Because what we want to do is we want to get people more involved. Exactly what you said. Once you have the data and you don't like the way a direction is going, now you can, uh, in a kind, educated manner, write your house rep. Make sure you go to those school board meetings. And and make change, positive change, because you have the data that you need to know where, where everything where the directions of our schools are going. I think this is a great way to combat some of those things that parents don't like that's happening in school. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that everybody gets to the ballot box. I know I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. If you really want to feel like there is no shenanigans, then we got to get out a hundred percent, right? Because that is the only way to stop it. Low voter turnout, makes it too easy for bad actors to try to do things. If everybody turns out, if everybody lets their voices be heard, it's really hard just to, to, to do what whatever we think, throwing extra ballots, doing mail-in things that shouldn't be happening, right? Because you can't have more votes than people. Uh, that would I, be a big red flag.
0: Exactly. I agree with you. You know, something that, speaking of voting and elections and things related, Uh, you know, we finally got a speaker and we would talk about things on the federal level for a moment and, and a lot of people, and this is like a good, it's the litmus test of how good is this guy going to be? All the right people are saying he's horrible. If, do you know what I mean? No, no, no. Here's what I mean. This, this new guy, Mike Johnson from Louisiana, of course, as you know, he was elected speaker of the house. And and we come to find out that McCarthy didn't want him. We come to find out that these, uh, these abortion baby killer groups, they don't like him. He's gotten an F rating from uh, how much support he gives to Ukraine. So that's what I mean when I say all the right people think he's horrible. That makes me like him even more, if that makes sense to you.
1: Well, you know what? It, people call that the Trump effect, right? Yeah. You know, everybody came after him because he was looking to really make change. He wanted he wanted the American people's will to be done. And everything he promised, he did. So, you know, I'm going to hope that everything this speaker was about, he, he will then stand for. I think it, it's important that people represent their districts. and And I've said this before. Even when it's something that you may not agree with personally, if you're an elected official, if your district... If that's the way they want you to vote, I mean, we, we are put in office to represent the will of the people that put us there. Because we can't have 5.2 million people making every decision alongside of everybody. They send a representative to represent them. And I think our system gets out of kilter when elected officials believe that they are bigger than the position.
0: Lieutenant Governor, and I was talking about that for the first hour when I got on the air. So what happened to we, the people, doing our business, not your own personal business?
1: Exactly. And and I, I, can, I can kind of understand both sides of it. Sometimes they know more, right? And if the collective body knew more, uh, knew more facts, if something has to be done quickly, right? But it's our job to be able to get on shows like this. Like, I have loved being on your show. I do a couple talk radio shows. Um, because it's a great way to educate people, right from us to them. Nobody's interpreting. Nothing's getting changed in the translation. Um, it's really important to be out there um, and talking to people and, and understanding and being able to say, you know, it's the one thing I, I think is, is interesting. Is like if you're an elected official, you almost feel like you can't change your mind. Like you can't learn more data and change your mind or people get angry with you. But we do that every day, right? Like we think one thing and then we find out more information because we should always be learning about what's happening. And you go, wow, I didn't know those 10 things. That that has really changed my opinion. That's healthy. That's a leader, right? I, I did it in business. You know, you, you think, well, I don't think this is the right way to go. And then the more you dig into it, you're like, no, I really do think now this is. I think we have to be more embracing of people when they do change their mind because new information has come out. I think that's healthy. I think that's what we do every day. It's what I do as a parent, business. We have to to allow our elected officials to be able to learn and grow too.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And what made me feel, besides all the fun stuff of the right people hating him, that kind of thing, one of the first posts that he did on his social media account, I'm talking about the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, was a shot uh in the house and it said in God we trust and underneath it was our flag that was one of the first things he did on social media and then you hear him speak and he incorporated he brought his own bible to the swearing in he he mentioned again strongly you know st- stressed that God is an important part of how this country was founded. And we've gotten too far away from that. I'm paraphrasing, but you get my meaning. And that, that, oh, yeah. you know, a person who has a great relationship, I don't mean to get, you know, religious on people because some people get mad, but listen, if, if you, even if you're not religious, but if a man has a great relationship with God, I mean, a great, genuine, true relationship with God, generally speaking, that man is going to be a trustworthy type of individual.
1: I think it does, like what God for me does is it grounds you. It lets you realize that you are just a very small piece of a much bigger puzzle and that everything you do here, there's something more, right? So it does keep you in check. It does make you kinder. It does make you want to help more, I believe, because if you believe in God, you believe there's something much bigger out there. So it's not all about you. It's about doing the right thing. It's about helping people um, and so what, 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 you know, when, when people, no matter what great they are, you know, I'm Catholic, if somebody's Baptist, if somebody's Methodist, if somebody's Presbyterian, I'm just glad they believe in something bigger than themselves.
0: I agree. What else, uh, before we wrap things up, what else is on your mind? What do you got coming up? What are you and the governor into as of late? Well, I'm
1: going to be in your neck of the woods tomorrow.
0: What? I'm going to be
1: flipping a coin at the Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach high school football game. Um, out there are coaches against overdoses. It's a nationwide initiative that's happening. We're rolling it out at football games all over the state to bring awareness to the horrible fentanyl crisis that we have pouring in around our border. You know, Nick, I'm, I'm a three, you know, you're a dad, and yours is still so cute. And she's what you say, but there does <laughs> come a point where your kids think that you just don't know. And these kids aren't taking seriously um, or think it won't affect them. It can affect them in their world. But fentanyl is a huge problem. It's pouring in over our borders. Chief Keel will tell you this all the time. And it's, it's an all thing. And so sometimes, you know, in this climate we live in, kids think, oh, marijuana, this is not a bad thing. It is. Because marijuana is getting laced with fentanyl. And our kids think it's this, you know, it's it's something that should be legalized, you know, that's what we see in a lot of states. But the problem is they don't know who they're getting it from. Because here in South Carolina, it isn't legal. And so that means you're buying it on the street. And if you're buying it on the street and somebody's selling it illegally, probably a bad actor. Yeah. And we don't know what we don't know what's in it and we have to keep talking to our kids about it. You know, it broke my heart. I think you and I and Liz talked about it. Last November, I had had parents come into into my office to talk to me about fentanyl. Since then, very proud of the work in the General Assembly. Um, We have one of the strongest, if not the strongest, fentanyl bill in the country. So a message to anybody that's out there selling stuff that is laced in fentanyl, know that you have come to the wrong state. Because our penalties are stricter than anywhere in the country. Our penalties are stricter than federal penalties. And we don't want you here. And keep your hands off our kids. Absolutely. Um, So now it's taking that message to parents and kids who sometimes don't turn on the news, uh, don't really understand what's going on, don't think it's as big of a problem as it is. There's been enough fentanyl collected, caught within our state to kill everybody in our state twice. Yeah. And thank God for our law enforcement, who's doing their best and following up every lead that's coming. So I'll be at tomorrow night at the Myrtle Beach North Myrtle Beach game. I hope to see everybody out there flipping a coin, talking about this program, bringing awareness. Because the last thing we want to do is lose our kids. And the kids that we're losing, Nick, they're not—they're not addicts. No. They're kids. They're college kids who think that they're getting an Adderall to keep them up so they can study and they find that that Adderall is laced with fentanyl and they're a one and done. They take it and they die. This is is poison and it's killing innocent kids. So sometimes when we hear about kids dying of fentanyl or people dying, we think that, oh, they were hooked on drugs. The majority of them are not. And there's parents hurting all across our state because of it. So I I don't want that to be anybody else. If If we can shine a light on it and save, you know, just one more child, that's one heartbreak a parent doesn't have to carry
0: with them. That's right. And we go back to what we initially were starting to talk about. Knowledge is power.
1: Exactly. You're exactly right. So, Nick, come on out. Come on out to the Myrtle Beach-North Myrtle Beach game tomorrow, and and I'll see you there.
0: Okay, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Ebbett, thank you so much for your time. It's always fun, and it's just you and I sometimes, but uh, Liz will be back in tomorrow. We'll talk to you then, and maybe we'll see you on Friday. Have a good one. Well, give her my best
1: and tell her to come to the game.
0: I will. Bye. Uh,
1: Bye.